what does success actually mean to you and how does it feel in your body? Because everyone has their own definition of success, right? And so when we're thinking about this energy and it's rising up and it's kind of illuminating our darkness, it's also allowing us to step into our light. It's allowing us to heal. It's allowing us to feel really safe and secure in our bodies. And it's like, if we feel safe and secure in our bodies, if we are in this elevated state, how could success not be a natural byproduct of that? It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Beeble Begin. Welcome back. This is Barcy, your host, and I want to start by asking you a question. I'm wondering if you've spent any time defining what success feels like to you. I love talking about success because it's this thing that can be kind of arbitrary and can get sometimes stuck in this comparison place and then runs the risk of getting defined by others and not by you. But What about your version of success? How do you want that to feel? And I do say feel because I personally believe that success is a feeling and you get to decide to have moments of it or not. But how do we start to tie this into the tangible things that we actually need to happen, like making a certain amount of money or creating something others actually want, like a service or a product? How can we build something that is authentically defined by our truest selves and also will yield the necessary results that can support us and those we love? So my guest today is the expert on this. Her name is Brianna Rose, and she is the CEO of the Light Leader Collective, Inc., the creator of the Light Leader Movement and Light Leader Kundalini, and the founder of the Ascension Academy and the Light Leader Certification Program. And when working with clients, she focuses on impact-driven income, which I love everything about that. And she says that she's broken all of the marketing rules and defied logic. And in just three years, Brianna has created a seven-figure run rate business by doing things her own way and going against the norm. So welcome, Brianna. Hi. Thanks so much for having me for that beautiful introduction. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. It has all of the vibes that I am attracted to, and I think that my listeners will enjoy as well. I literally found you on Instagram, which I don't do very often, but I just felt connected to you, to what you're Mm. creating and how you're creating. I just knew I wanted to talk to you more and to mm. yeah, just bring you into this space and try to share a little with my listeners as well. So thank you so much for saying yes and for being yeah. here. Yes, I'm happy you reached out. I'm pumped to be here today and see where the conversation takes us. Awesome. Yeah. So I am new to Kundalini in general, and I've Mm. had a guest on before, actually twice she's come on and she's talked a little bit about it, but I still think we could use a little clarification. (laughs) So I'd love to hear your version of what Kundalini is. Yeah, such a good question. And for anyone that's listening, my version of Kundalini is probably going to sound different, you know, than what you've heard or what you've learned before. And so to me, Kundalini, it's an energy that we all have that lives in our body. For so many people, they hear Kundalini and immediately they think of a yoga practice or some sort of breath work or a bunch of people dressed in all white with a turban on, you know, laying on their sheepskin mat. That's a (laughs) form of yoga and meditation, but that's not actually Kundalini. Kundalini itself 
as an energy that we all have that lives in our body. So it's nothing to be afraid of. It's an energy that we're all born with. So we all have it. And where it's located, most people say it's located at the base of the spine. But for anyone that is familiar with Chinese medicine, it's actually located at the Dantian point. And so it's close to the base of the spine, but it's actually a little bit higher. So if you take a moment and you think about your navel center, and then you think about the base of your spine or your root chakra, we have those two points that create kind of like a diagonal line. And in the center of that is the Dantian point. And that's where this Kundalini energy lives. And so the energy is actually coiled three and a half times. And that's why so many times when you hear about Kundalini, you might think about all those people dressed in white and doing all the yoga, but you also might see the symbol of the snake. And that's where it gets that snake representation from is because it's a coiled energy. And so this energy is coiled, living at that Dantian point and is Essentially, we can go throughout our life without it ever being awakened. But through postures, mantras, and breath work known as kriyas, you essentially put pressure on that energy. You're putting pressure on the coiled energy for it to rise up. And so for me, this energy represents the divine feminine that lives within all of us, no matter how you identify as your gender. It's like this purest form of feminine energy. So it's creating energy. Because when we think about feminine energy, it's what creates humans, the birthing energy. And so we're all walking around with essentially this untapped potential to create the life of our dreams living within us. So I could go on, but I'll pause there because I was sure I just gave you a a lot. (laughs) Oh my God. I got chills, by the way, at that last part, like physically, I'm getting them again. Like maybe I'm waking up. I don't know. (laughs) You are. (laughs) feel it. It's stirring. It's like, hey. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it keeps going. It's so interesting. You just all get chills for like a second. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm here. Like, let's keep Mm -hmm. talking about this. So I feel really connected to what you just shared and it does feel invigorating. Like that's the energy Mm -hmm. I'm getting from what you just said. And yeah, even in the words, there's, I talk about energy and words a lot. (laughs) That's like my thing lately too. So if you've been listening, we're still doing that. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Like everything you just shared has that energy in it. So I love that. Mm. Really cool. I hope if you're listening, you can feel that too on some level. If you don't, don't worry about it. I mean, it's just being not the right time. But the precision about where it's located is also fascinating. This idea of the birthing energy, Mm. that really clicked for me. I kind of get it now when you say feminine energy and we were trying, I think, to steer away from putting things in these categories a lot Mm. lately, but hearing it that way helps me kind of wrap my head around it a little simpler too. That was very informative. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it the way you just did so eloquently and precisely Mm. actually. So With all that said, because we're talking about success today, I'd love to know how you find that direct relationship happening to Kundalini or maybe just in your way that you work, however you want to answer that question. Yeah. I'm like, there's so many things I want to say about that. We're going to talk a lot about it. (laughs) I'm like, what's the first thing? I think what's important is I would love to share how it starts to unravel because then it'll start to make sense when it comes to the success. And so as I said before, right, it's located at that Dantian point. Most people, it never awakens and that's okay. Those are like, I call them the muggles. Like they're just like, you know, the regular humans that came here to just, you know, be humans and that's cool. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably either on your awakening, you're in the process of it, you're in this world, you get it. And the fact that you've been listening to this podcast means that your Kundalini energy is trying to awaken or it wants to at least speak to you. So I think it's important to just identify and even just take a moment and drop in and feel that energy. And the reason why we want the energy to awaken, it's because we have this like life force energy, this like birthing energy that is here to support us. So it's kind of like the best kept secret. Like, you know, we have this thing in us that can help us, but we aren't taught, you know, in school, you know, how to awaken this energy, how to move it up through the body. And so the reason why you want to awaken it is because when you're putting pressure on it through the movements, through the postures, through the breath work, I like to think of it, I'm a very visual person. I like to think of it as a diamond, right? So it's like the more pressure you put on the diamond, the more the diamond's going to shine. Kundalini is actually a light frequency. So we have this like boundless light that lives within us. And the more we put the pressure on it, the more it's going to shine up. And so when we think about it, when we're activating more light in our body, our frequency is naturally just going to rise up higher. We're going to be brighter. We're going to be happier. We're going to be more in alignment. And this isn't something that just happens like overnight. You're like, all right, cool. My Kundalini awakened. I'm healed. Everything's great. We all have our own process. We all have our own 
purpose in the world. And some of us just have more things to work through than others. And so as that light is shining and shining light on the shadows too, right? So it's like, it's shining a light on the different aspects of us that might need to be healed, that might need to be looked at a little bit more. And so when we think about success to kind of circle back to that question that you brought up just at the beginning of the call, it's like, what does success actually mean to you? And how does it feel in your body? Because everyone has their own definition of success, right? And so when we're thinking about this energy and it's rising up and it's kind of illuminating our darkness, it's also allowing us to step into our light. It's allowing us to heal. It's allowing us to feel really safe and secure in our bodies. And it's like, if we feel safe and secure in our bodies, if we are in this elevated state, how could success not be a natural byproduct of that? So that's how I start to think about why this energy is so important. And there's so many other reasons, but just in the, like the basics of it, we're going to have more light in our body. We're going to be able to heal things that we've been holding on to and really get to the root cause of why they're there. And so just naturally, if you're not walking around with, you know, these limiting beliefs or these stories or just like patterns that you've picked up, if you're able to have a higher concept with them or be able to approach situations from a higher place, naturally success is just going to unfold naturally for you. Mm. It's so beautiful the way you shared it. And it takes the pressure away. I know we're talking about pressure being utilized in this way, but when you allow this process, then the things that we are reaching for very effortfully, I think where society teaches us to put a lot of effort into these things, right? With our actions and our busyness and all of that, which I kind of want to circle back to at some point too during our talk, but this idea of like how we're taught to achieve, right? Mm -hmm. And allowing that, work to be done on ourselves, this inner work and letting in light and letting that be beautiful and just receiving success as a natural byproduct. It's such a relief, actually, if you think about it that way, that the work can be done in this way that is healing Mm -hmm. and then hey, look at that. Like we get the things we've been reaching for at the same time. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I want to clarify that. Like that you don't have a journey. You shared that too. (laughs) I just want to point that out once more because I think oftentimes- You don't just sit and meditate. Yeah, in these spaces (laughs) we can be like, oh yeah, like if I just lean into the woo-woo, like I will be fine. I think I can just ignore my healing journey. (laughs) Yeah, we can't spiritually bypass. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's a great word for it. And shadow work you mentioned. So I used to start there a lot too. And I think it's the easiest way for humans to kind of get it is because we all have that part. And sometimes we can connect to that a little faster is the shadow stuff because it's the thing causing pain. So how do we shine the light on the shadows so that we can reveal it, work through it, allow it to find peace, all Mm. of the things. I love the way you shared that. Thank you. It really helps me see it in a simple way too. It's a great reminder. So Mm -hmm. I do want to talk more about you and specifically what your journey has been like to these realizations and to working in this way and perfect part to do this because you just talked about the journey and what it takes. So (laughs) I'd love to know kind of a little bit about what you were doing before. You did share Mm -hmm. with me that you had kind of a pivotal moment in 2012, right? Yes. Okay. So take us to that point. Let's go there. (laughs) If you're open to do that. And I know you mentioned too, as a kid that you had just, you were connected already to some things. You're welcome to share about that too. I think normalizing that is so important. A lot of us have that and then try to forget that it ever happened. And it can really serve us as adults if we allow it to be Mm -hmm. part of our history. So take it away. I'll let you start wherever feels right to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Just to be clear, I didn't wake up one day and was like, I'm aligned and I know exactly Exactly what Kundalini is in life is so great. There definitely was a journey that I think so many of us go on. And I think it's important to speak about the journey and just be real about it. Because on social media, we can see these literally filtered views of people's lives and we don't always get to see the journey. And so for me, yes, as a child, I did have intuitive gifts. I was able to see spirit, see energy, had dream visitations, all that stuff. And I just prayed for it to stop every single night. I hated it. It freaked me out. I was raised Roman Catholic and like every night when I was doing my prayers, I was like, please God, stop. I don't want this. You know, like it's so scary. That was kind of my childhood. And I had a lot of anxiety growing 
growing up. And I now know it's just, I didn't know how to manage the energy that I was like picking up on. It was a lot for me. And so by the time that I was out of college, it was almost like that part of me had been shut off because I was like, no, 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 this is not happening. And so by the time that I got out of college, I had my degree in PR and marketing. I'm originally from New York. So I was like working in Manhattan. I was like textbook New York City hustler. Like my biggest dream was to be like the next Anna Wintour of Vogue. And I was like, I'm never going to sleep. I'm going to work my ass off. Like that was my dream. I didn't want a life. I wanted to work really hard and I wanted to do that. And so that was me just to give you a visual. I was very much in that like overly hustled energy. And then I had a spiritual awakening in 2012 and you know, it totally changed my life and rocked me. And it was because one of my close friends had passed away. I was 23 years old. And she had passed away suddenly. And I had shared this with me, the last conversation that me and her had had. It was so innocent. And she was someone that I had known since I was a kid. And so we would always joke around. No one ever wanted to sleep at my house when we had sleepovers because they were like, the ghosts are at Brianna's house. So we just had this like little joke. <laughs> and so for whatever reason, the last conversation we had, we were reminiscing about that. And she's like, listen, she's like, if I die first, I'm going to come back and I'm going to haunt you. We you know we just like laughed about it. We're like, oh, okay, whatever. Then all of a sudden she passes away. Oh God, I got full body chills speaking about this. And so she passed away and that was the first thing that like popped in my head. And I was like, oh shit, like, I want to remember, like I saw spirit as a kid, like, come on, take all the barriers away. I want to be able to connect with her. And so that really just opened up a whole other world for me. Like I said, I was very much in this like no nonsense, like no BS type of energy. I was 23 years old. I was a PR and marketing director. I was like very sought after in the wellness industry, had kind of everything that you're supposed to have when it comes to like the salary, the car, the bank account. And then this hit. And I was like, oh, this is not what life is about. You know, I love that you mentioned like, what does success mean for you real fast? I was like, oh, this stuff means nothing. So what is success? And so I ended up having this spiritual awakening, spiritual teachers popped up. I first discovered Reiki. Like I think so many people, that's kind of like the gateway for many of us. We're like, oh, Reiki. Okay, cool. I'll try it. And so like it went through IET, which is basically like Reiki, but through the archangels and like, you know, all these different teachers started showing up. I became like a spiritual certification junkie because I was like, this stuff is so cool. Did a lot of mediumship training, aura reading. I was like, this is it. Like I found my people. This is what I was supposed to do the whole time. But I was still stuck at my nine to five. And so I had this moment where I was like, all right, I can continue living this life of like what everyone thought I was supposed to do because it was so normal and it was kind of respected. It was like, oh my God, she's so young. She's a marketing director. She's so successful. But like deep down, I was like, this isn't it. This is not it. How am I going to do this to 65? Like there's no way I can keep this up. And so I actually ended up having a dream one night with my friend that had passed away. And we were standing at a train station and a train was going by and she just showed up next to me. And she's like, you have to get on the train now. You have to leave. I remember I like turned to her. I was like, what? And she's like, you have to leave now. Get on the train. This is your opportunity. And then my alarm went off. I woke up. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm leaving. Like, I guess today is the day. And so I literally went into work and I left, like literally walked out, ended up being like a full moon. I didn't know any of this stuff at the time. I was like, (laughs) oh my God, it's a full moon releasing. And I didn't have a plan. I just knew I couldn't do that work anymore. And so I spent a lot of time working on my energy, working on my craft, didn't have, you know, money coming in, but I was like, I need to figure this stuff out because this is what I know was going to lead to my success. And so I started playing with energy eventually was like, all right, I do need to make money. So I created this like normal branding business because that felt really safe. I was like, all right, I'll do web design and I'll do marketing during the day at night, I'm going to do all this witchy stuff and I'm going to do all the energy stuff and I'm going to just play. And so it got to the point where literally I kept hearing, you know, this is the work that you're supposed to do. Stop doing the branding and web design. But I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, there's no way I can do this. And it got to the point where when I'd meditate, it was like my soul was splitting out of one eye. I would see one vision and out of my other eye, I'd see another vision. And I felt like, you know, there was these two parts of me that were, you know, they, they weren't able to work together any longer. And right around that time, I had discovered Kundalini, walked into my first Kundalini class. I was so nervous. I Googled it. And I was like, 
is this a cult? Like, what is this thing? Like, I'm not sure. I remember I was raised Roman Catholic. So I'm like, this is the devil. Like, what is this? But still, like, there's like, a snake I, in my body. Like, what are you saying? Like, <laughs> they're dressed in all white. Like, what is this? And but still, I showed up. And so I took my first class, you know, very New Yorker of me. I've dressed in all black. Everyone's dressed in all white. And I was like, Okay. All right. Here we go. And I took it and it was super weird. Like I thought it was going to be like regular yoga. So I was like, I got this. Like I'll do it. It was not regular yoga for anyone that's ever experienced Kundalini yoga. You know what I mean? And I was like, all right, this is weird. This is so weird, but somehow I'm feeling better. Like what is going on? Somehow I'm feeling better. And so I walked out of that class and I felt like the most happiest and aligned that I've ever felt in my life. But there was also this like gnawing, like intuitive primal like part to me that was like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do, but not this way. And Mm. it was because I've always been kind of this person that always wanted to know why. Like I remember being made fun of when I was little. They're like, why do you keep asking why, Brianna? And I was like, I don't know. And so with (laughs) Kundalini, I asked why a lot of like, why do I put my arms up? Like, why do our legs do this? Why do you say this Kriya, you know, works for this thing? And no one had answers for me. And so I was like, huh, like, I think this is what my intuition was talking about. And whenever I would ask questions, it was kind of like, be quiet listen to the teacher, listen to the guru. And like, that's it. Mm. And I'm not saying all Kundalini yoga teachers are like that, but a large majority of them are. And it just didn't feel right in my body. And I was like, there's something that they're not saying. Maybe they don't know. I need to do my research. And so for the last 10 years or so, I have been studying Kundalini, what it is beneath the surface of the yoga meditation. And the more that I learned about it, the more I became obsessed with it. As you could probably tell, as I shared at the beginning of this, like it's something that's so passionate to me because I think that it has been taught in a way that turns off a lot of people when in reality, it's a really beautiful energy that can be awakened. And so what I started to do was I started to just use my body as kind of the guinea pig with the Kriya and the postures. And I was like, well, I'm going to figure out why they're working and what's happening. And so I just kind of, I have literally diaries, like little science experiments of me testing out the Kriyas and what was happening. And through that process, I ended up discovering the meridian system through Chinese medicine. And I was like, oh, here's an actual like scientific reason as to why the Kriyas might be working based off of the energy channels of the body. And it just kind of clicked. It was one of those things where it was like my soul remembered something. Like I had never seen this Mm. stuff before, but I read it and it was like a little download. I was like, oh, it's like I put my hand over the book and all of a sudden the knowledge was awakened. And so I started to recognize why the Kriyas were working based off of the meridian channels that they were stimulating. And I started to realize why some Kriyas didn't work for me or they made me more sick. It was because like, for example, I have a ton of fire energy. The Kriya created a lot of fire energy. Guess what happened? Made me sick and burn out because there was so much fire, right? And so it kind of gave me this basis as to how the energy was working, some sort of like grounding foundation for it. And then I always had my love for business. And so I'm working with people. I'm recognizing they're not taking action. They're getting stuck in limiting beliefs, even though they have the strategy, even though they have the beautiful website. I was like, what's going on here? And so I started to pair the Kriyas and the meridian channels of the Kriyas, pairing them specifically with different aspects of business business building. And when I started to do that, my clients were seeing like success, like not overnight, but really fast. There were huge shifts that were happening in their business. And so about four and a half, almost five years ago, I closed down my branding business pretty much overnight because it had dried up because the universe will always do for you what you won't do for yourself because I wasn't creating Kundalini business coaching. Instead, I was keeping it safe with my branding business. So no money was coming from my branding business because the universe can is like, you know, it can be tough sometimes. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it universe. Like I have no money coming in anyway. So I'll try and create this Kundalini business. And it was wild. I literally shut my doors down, opened up Kundalini business coaching. Within two weeks, my one-on-one roster was booked booked out. Then all of a sudden I was booked out for six months in advance. And I was like, Oh my God, what is going on here? My clients are seeing rapid results. And mind you, I didn't have a website. I had a very small social media following. I was kind of like doing everything that the marketers told you to not do. I was like, I'm not going to have a social media presence or I'm not going to have a website. Let's see what happens. And my clients were just my best testimonials. And then in March of 2018, I created my group program because I was like, I can't do one-on-ones anymore. 
anymore. I just, my bandwidth that Mm -hmm. booked out. And then by the end of my first year in business, I had half a million dollars without any advertising. Most of that, I had a website towards the end of the year, but it didn't have a website, didn't have a funnel, didn't really have any branding, you know, anything like that. I was just showing up, serving, selling, and my clients were speaking truth to it. So that's kind of how I discovered Kundalini and what it brought forth for me. Wow. I don't think it was long. I think it was perfect. Okay, cool. (laughs) No, perfect. A lot to unpack that, but that gives us all of the next avenues we're going to walk down. Perfect. I relate to a lot of your story, which is maybe why I was so attracted to you online originally. And just knowing like, you know, you just know things like there's an energy, that kind of thing. And I think I shared with you a little bit in our last conversation about how I'm feeling a little torn between my masculine and feminine. It is almost exactly your story. Mm-hmm. Like fill in the Love information it. differently, but I've been in this place before and I'm here again in that I also got a download to quit my job. I did that. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have any money either. It's <laughs> just Love like, it. I'm going to do Reiki and I'm going to do this production stuff and I'm going to figure it out. And I did, but it got hard and, mm-hmm. you know, COVID and all of these things happened that kind of made me do the safe stuff too, a little mm-hmm. more, which at the time didn't feel safe to be fair, but it was all new. But it was not as infused with the energy, like the power behind the energy I know I'm capable of, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And so I relate to what you're sharing about holding on to things. And I keep waiting for the universe to do what it did to you, or it's just going to wipe everything out and be like, listen, (laughs) if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it for you. And I can feel the tension around like, this is the moment for me to figure that out. So it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to hear your story and how it played out for you in those ways. And trust, I talk about trust a lot the trust that you need to have in your abilities and in yourself and in your discoveries and, you know, just allowing these things to unfold and more information always arrives, right? It just does. And I've been in that very trusting place before and it always works. So it's interesting how we can like take ourselves out of it sometimes and like start to go, I don't know. I get why circumstances happen and things change, but I love the fact that you just found space to make it happen and found trust enough to not go, okay, well, I need to build my business. I need to find clients for my branding company. Like my clients are gone, like, or whatever happened, right? Like the reason it went away, instead of trying to fill that hole, you were like, okay, I get it. I'm hearing the message and I'm going to do what my heart is telling me to do, what the universe is telling me to do. And I'm curious though, just a a practical question, which is, was it just your internet? network that were coming to you initially and then word of mouth after that? Or how did that kick off for you? Yeah, yeah. Great question. And thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's so important to speak about these things. And just to touch on it a little bit more, you know, there's contraction and expansion. We're constantly, I think, going between both of those. And so as much as we're expanding, we go back into the contraction too, mm-hmm. to be able to heal, grow, and then come back out and expand again. So I love that you brought that up, kind of that place that you're in. It's normal. We can't stay in the expansion forever. We have to go back in. It's just a natural Mm. part of it all. For a practical question, I'm working on this, but I would outwork anyone. I would hustle and hustle and work. And so I literally, where I used to live in New York, I would drive around and I would go door to door and I would knock on people's businesses and I would pitch myself because I didn't have an inner network of people. I did, you know, I had like a friend, you know, my mom, you know, like I had those (laughs) people, but like, were they really paying? you know what I wanted I want them paying my rent like that's weird and so I literally barely had enough I had to literally figure out how much gas would take me to get to these towns and areas because I didn't have enough money even for gas and so I'd be like all right Brianna can only go to this town today you better fucking sell something because you don't have enough money in your bank account to get food or if you pay your bills like you got to make this work and so I'd literally go door to door and pitch myself and I remember the first time someone said yes I was so shocked someone had finally said yes to me I remember she's like sure she's like I'll sign up right now and I remember I was like what? I was like, keep it together. You just sold your first program, like hold it together. And it was beautiful. And, and that's how it really started for me. And it was kind of just, you know, trying things out and failing. My whole motto is I'm going to fail fast. So that way I can actually succeed faster. And so I tried a little bit of everything. I was on a meetup. I was, you know, creating these like little local community get togethers. I've always been really big on creating community because I didn't have community. So I think 
think we always create the things that we actually needed or wanted. And so I was creating these little meetups. I started these little meditation classes and those little meditation classes grew to like, I was packing the house out, but we all start. And I want to say this forever. We all start with like our first followers being like our mom and like our partner and like our best friend. Like we all start there, but it's the consistency and the devotion to the vision. And the truth is like, literally no one can see the vision, but you, like when you close your eyes and you see that vision, only you are seeing it. So in those beginning phases, I think it's important to almost keep that sacred because not everyone in your inner circle, even though they love you and want to support you, they just might not get it just yet because they haven't seen it. They can't believe it just yet, but you've seen it, you've felt it. So you have to hold on to that. It wouldn't come to you that vision if it wasn't meant for you. Like there's a reason why you're seeing it. And for me, I was like, all right, I'm seeing these things. I don't know when the hell it's going to happen, but I trust myself enough to show up every day in the pursuit of trying to find it or trying to make it happen. Mm. Wow. Thank you for that. There's something so old school about that work ethic. I have that too. Yes. I will grind till I drop and that's not healthy. Mm. I'm not suggesting people do that, but I can do that and I will work yes. through any pain. I don't know where it comes from. But I think we have to talk about that because I think specifically in the spiritual industry, there's this like misconception of like, oh, if I have to work hard, it must not be for me. When in reality, it's like, no, actually that's where the lesson is for the opportunity to grow. And if it happens so easily, that probably isn't the right thing for you because you're not growing and expanding. You have to show up for or what's up and what's coming forward for you. I love that. And that is exactly what I wanted to pull apart. So I'm so happy that you shared it because it's true. We don't think there's a hustle related to things that are part of our path, like naturally, mm. but there's a huge action piece. When I was first leaning into this part of myself, more inspired action, the idea of inspired action yes. really hit a note for me. I was like really attracted to that phrasing. And it's because it clicked that those two things have to exist together. There has to be mm. action. So I talk about action a lot as well. So I, I had to ask that question because it's like, well, we need to know, like, what did you actually do? Because <laughs> that's where people get confused. It's like, all right, well, I have this idea or this vision or this feeling. I don't know what to do with it. And mm. I love when people can share here in this space what exactly they did, because I think that's a huge part of how we grow. Like you just shared, it's the vehicle. It's like, you got to get in the car. You got to drive yeah. somewhere. You can't just yeah. sit in your line and go, Hey, well, I know I want to go to this place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Okay. Like, is someone going to come get me or like, <laughs> now what, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to land in your lap. You have to show up and take action. And so something that I'd love to just add is I'm a big believer in just like what you said, like inspiration and action, like they have to be together. And just my language around that is I always believe that we have to have masculine and feminine, Shiva and Shakti, yin and yang, meditation and action. Like it has to be the fusion of both rather than one or the other. And I think we've been taught for so long. It's like this black and white thing where you're either this way or you're that way. And for me, I believe that we get to be it all. And when it comes to our success and our taking action, it's a little bit of both. You don't want to be taking action and not inspired, but you also don't want to be hella inspired and not taking action, you have to have both of them working together. So I really felt inspired when you shared that. Oh, thank you. And I feel inspired, honestly, by the fact that you were like, just going to try some things. And I think that action yields more inspiration, ultimately, and it yields more answers, it yields more trust, you found your confidence when someone finally said yes, you were like, okay, I can like breathe for a second and just something worked. And we can now try that thing that worked a little more rather than reinventing the wheel again or going, okay, I've knocked on a lot of doors. Like, what else can I do? Something worked. And now you can run with that for a little while until we need to do something new again. But there's something very simple about that, but also very complex because it does require creativity for us to think like, where do I want to start? What is one step I can take that will make sense Mm -hmm. for a little while until I know I need to kind of shift my actions again and try something different or tweak something or there's an equation there that's really important when it comes Mm -hmm. to the doing and staying connected with the vision at the same time. That's the tricky part is all of that. So I really appreciate you sharing it. And I have to ask another detailed question. I'm a why person. Go for it. Ask me all the questions. (laughs) So you're knocking on these doors. Are these doors of businesses and you were pitching, was it the business Kundalini coaching? Was that the program you were pitching at the time? 
Great question. It wasn't there yet. And this is why I love what you said, where it's like, we have to, you know, get out there and try different things. And so for me, I was trying all the things. I was like, what is the thing that's gonna stick? I was like, am I an angel card reader? (laughs) Am I a business consultant? Am I a web designer? And so I was kind of a chameleon during that time, because I didn't know like what my thing was. I knew I had all these different parts to me, but I didn't know how to put it together in a pretty little box just yet. And I think that that's important to just even speak about like you're going to fuck it up in the beginning and you're not going to know what you're doing and you're going to be all over the place and it's not going to be super buttoned up and that's part of it like that's the rite of passage to being an entrepreneur <laughs> like it's messy and icky and weird and so when I was walking and literally knocking on the doors it was dependent on the business like if it was a mm. yoga studio I was talking about spirituality and business and I was helping business was always there because that's just my home base if it was a coffee house I'd go in and talk to them about business consulting. I would also be walking around and kind of Googling these businesses. And like, I look back on this and like, that was kind of ballsy that I did that, but I'd walk into them and I'd be like, your website, like I was on your website (laughs) and I really think you could use a refresh. Here are three things that I think we could be doing right now is your manager here. I'd like to talk to them about this. So then I was a web designer too. So I would kind Mm. of like, you know, based off of what the business was, that's how I pitched myself. And I'm grateful for it because it landed me to where I am today. Like I, I truly know I would not be this refined, this clear if I hadn't done all that stuff in the beginning. And I think it's really important to kind of let yourself, like I always say this to my students when they're new in their businesses, I'm like, have fun not knowing what you're supposed to do. Because like, once you know, you know, and like, this is my lane, but there is this like playfulness, even though you might not have the money coming in, there's this playfulness of trying to figure it out and being creative and putting different packages together. You're not going to be able to do that once you find your thing. You know, it's Mm. like, you know, enjoy that stage because it's so important. I love the fun infusion in that. What a great way to like reframe that and make it like, hey, like what if you played? What if this was a playtime moment Mm -hmm. where you go, okay, well today I'm going to put like this outfit on and I'm going to be this person today and it is a part of me. So I'm just going to be in that energy and knock on this coffee house door and it's going to be a whole different vibe than the meditation yoga spot maybe. But you have all of that in you and you can pull whatever piece out as a service, like you're being of service. So it's we're pulling parts of ourselves out to be of service. And I love thinking about it like that. It helps ease the like, oh, I got to figure this shit out. (laughs) Yeah, you will. Like we all will eventually figure it out, but you won't just know it tomorrow. And it's not going to come from even just sitting on the meditation spot. Because remember, you're sitting in the meditation, but you have to take action to see how it feels. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, like when it hits, it hits really big. And you're like, oh, that's the thing that I'm supposed to do. Yep. I laugh because I'm constantly changing it. I'll have to say things out loud to people sometimes in terms of my (laughs) concepts and ideas to even see how it feels to say it and own it. And then sometimes by the next day, I'm like, it's not that anymore. We're not doing that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, okay. (laughs) But artists are that way as well. A lot of people listening are creatives and artists. And it's the same thing about you. said. I wanted to touch on something you said earlier too, about holding that energy close to your heart because you're the only one that really knows the vision. You're getting that information, that creative information or that energetic information, whatever it is coming in as. And if it's a piece of art or if it's a new idea or if it's a story or sometimes we need to hold on to that for a little while just to protect it. There is a protection part to that so that people's opinions or judgments don't start to influence your action part. So we have to protect that relationship Mm -hmm. that starts with the thing that we want to do. So I wanted to point that out too. I'm really glad you shared that also because it's true of any new idea, whether it's art or a path that you want to take or try. And then sometimes if you're comfortable enough, we do need to share and just go out and see what happens and see how it feels and see what people say and how they respond and allow it to just be information. Mm, Like information. Yeah. And then make decisions because at the end of the day, who's in charge? Like we are. We're the ones yeah. in charge of all of it. Yeah. So that's a great way to think about the action too. It's like you get to decide what action you want to take. And if it's different mm-hmm. tomorrow, cool. Like maybe it's mm-hmm. different tomorrow. Maybe it's different the business down the street than <laughs> the yeah. one you walked into. I love that yeah. story so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're talking about what you did before, but how it led yeah. you to what you do now. Let's talk a little more about what that is. So share with us a little more about your programs and how yeah. you're working with businesses currently because you found your lane, it seems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I carved it myself. 
actually, before we even answer this question, how does it feel? Like, how does it feel now that you found the thing? Like, what was that experience like? Because that's a whole different thing I don't think a lot of people talk about either. Like, once you get there, what's that feel like in comparison? I have chills even thinking about it. Like, I remember when it finally landed, when I could finally put words to it, because so much of my life, I was like, I'm either spiritual or I'm a business person. Like, I can't be both. Like, this sucks. Like, I want to be able to be both of these things. And it was so hard for me. And so when it's like, I finally had figured out how to infuse Kundalini with the business coaching. At first, I was like, this is really cool. And like, it didn't hit me until I remember I hired my first ever business coach. And I just told her like what I did. And I remember it was just and I wasn't looking for validation. I want to be clear, like I wasn't waiting for someone to validate my idea. I had already self validated it myself. And it finally felt safe enough to be like, Oh, I'm going to tell someone else my idea. And so I remember I told her it and she was like, holy shit, like no one's done that before. Like, let's get to it. Let's build it up. Like, this is insane. And it was just, you know, the energy receiving that back was like, all right, we're doing it. We're making it happen. And so, yeah, I mean, of course it feels great. There are definitely times where it's tough, like with anything where it's like, all right, like here we are because success, there's a shadow side to success too, that I don't think enough people even speak about as well. It's great when you're receiving money, but there's shadow aspects to everything. And not even just what success brings forth in its own form of shadow, but like even yourself, like I have way different triggers and, you know, opportunities for healing and growth than I did four years ago. And I always think of success. I share this with my students too, is like, you know, it's kind of like a video game at the end of each level, there's like a bigger and badder monster that you have to kind of combat. And I think that that happens too. And again, it's being in that energy of both of like, this is so expansive and I can't fucking believe this is my life. And then also so there's days where I'm like, holy fucking shit, this is a lot. Thank you, universe. I have another lesson to learn on this. All right, cool. Like, let's go for it. But overall, it's incredible. And I will say, I believe it's a Steve Jobs quote, but I don't know who it is. So I don't know exactly to reference it to, but something along the lines of like moving forward, you can't connect the dots, but like looking backwards is the only time where you can see the dots and make them all connect. And so where I'm at today, I look back on everything and I can see how at the time I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying all these different things, but like each phase of what I went through led me to where I am today. Even with my certification program, the roots of my certification program started five years ago. Like, and I didn't know like all the research I was doing and the classes I was teaching, it all adds up. So sometimes when you're led to do something, you're like conscious, you know, like 3D mind might be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That doesn't make sense. But there's a higher power involved. And sometimes we're led to do things that might not make sense in the moment, but like five years, your future self might look back on it and be like, thank you for doing that. Cause like that one move that you did or that one person you spoke to, you know, here we are today, five years later. And it's because of that one little thing. Yeah, so true. And I love the video game reference and the shadow thing. Like, it's true. It's like, eventually, there's like a bigger boss to fight. Yes, (laughs) always. (laughs) Contend with. And you're like, okay, like, so this just never ends. We're just going to continue to, when you're on a growth path, you continue to grow. Like, that's what happens. And healing comes with these hurdles, these opportunities for us to face Mm -hmm. ourselves in new ways. So yeah, I'm really grateful that you shared that too, because it isn't just roses on the other side of success. That's an air quotes for those yes. who can't see us. Whatever success is. <laughs> right. Or like the thing that you want to get, I, I do want to point this out too. I think goals get confused with success often and goals are markers of things that happen that we want to happen. But when they're done happening or when we've achieved the happening, <laughs> we've had the moment, it's a moment. You're going to yeah. have other things on the other side of that. And it doesn't necessarily bring this like giant fulfillment that your life will be perfect once mm-hmm. you've completed fill in the blank. So those are things to really understanding. And I think get clear on or accept or have a relationship with that thought at least and start defining it for ourselves because it can be a game changer in how we approach our action steps and the messages we receive too. So back to your programs and what you're working on now, can you just share a little about how you work with people, what it might feel like to work with, who's Mm -hmm. it for, maybe that kind of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to speak about that. Thank you. I love helping people bring their dreams to life. Like I love helping entrepreneurs and you don't have to just be a spiritual healer. I think every type of person is a healer. I think we all are. And so I help anyone that's an accountant, an artist, a Reiki healer, a coach. I help you to bring your business to life. And so I have my signature program, the Ascension Academy, which is the one I mentioned way back when I created it back in 2018. We are currently starting to roll for a 17th collective of the program, which is kind of wild. It's expanded and evolved and changed. And essentially it's business school for the spiritual entrepreneur. And we really run it that way. So you learn the foundations of building your business. And our whole motto is energy first, strategy second. So it's really anchored into your energy, your alignment, your purpose, but we have to take action. So you're going to learn the foundations of building out your business model, creating magnetic messaging, writing effective social media content, creating your online course or program, marketing, serving and selling all through, you know, being heart centered and aligned. So that's my baby. That is my program that I will have probably forever. And so if you're someone that's underneath making $200,000 a year, we recommend that program to really help you get there and scale. And then from that program, I guess I've done that since 2018. My students were like, we need to be certified in your coaching methods and Kundalini, like what you do is so powerful. And I was like, what you want to be certified in my coaching techniques and Kundalini. And now we also have a certification program, which is called the Light Leader Certification Program. It's a dual certification program. It's open to everyone, not just my students, but essentially you're getting certified in Light Leader Coaching. So my proven frameworks for coaching and transformational experiences, how to also lead in-person retreats and master classes. And then also you get trained in Light Leader Kundalini. So I teach you how to meridian map the body, how to understand the Kriyas and curate Kriya experiences for yourself and also for your clients as well. So that's an enrollment right now. And that one launches once a year. Amazing. Okay. Wow. That's so beautiful. Everything that you're creating. And I'm hearing that this is for anyone with a business that wants to lead from these places in this way and like, and is attracted to this structure. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and people that like truly know that they're here to help others. Like I'm really big on helping people that know they have a bigger purpose here. Cause I feel like that's how we create this kind of domino effect of light. Like I help you to build your business. That's like light fueled and impact driven. Then you help more people and those people are healed and they help more people. And that's how we can raise the vibration of the planet together. Yeah, I agree. And I think those of us that know we're doing that, it's almost like a desire that you have to serve. Just it's there. It's a fire. Yes. Yeah. Is this stuff that is happening virtually or in person or both or great question. Most of my work is all online. So the Ascension Academy and the certification program are online. But something that we do for our alumni is a couple of times throughout the year, we have free so it's included with your experience in person experiences where we bring all of our alumni we invite everyone and we have like a whole day together that's planned and just kind of an opportunity to bring the community together we have yummy food we do kundalini activations we have guest speakers so i'm big on coming together in person so that's just something that we create for our alumni as well i've never heard that before that's a really cool thing to offer as a bonus that doesn't require like another enrollment no and it's lifetime so what my students that joined in 2018 i still see them in 2022 which is really cool oh that is so special i think i agree community i just crave creating community Mm. (laughs) so i love that idea that's really beautiful thank you yeah well, I feel great. <laughs> Just I know. I'm you. like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for everything that you've shared so far. My last question, actually, my last question I ask every time, which I will ask you, but I want to make sure we define a couple things like Kriyas and Meridians. Yeah. And one other thing about chakras and Kundalini is I heard that if they're blocked, then that can cause issues with the Kundalini rising. Let's just wrap up with that in terms of information. And then I have one last question for you. (laughs) Cool. Cool. So Kriya, I like to think of Kriya as kind of like a dance sequence. Like it's a couple of different things put together for a specific reason. So a Kriya is a combination of a posture, a mantra, a breath work that might be done together in a specific sequence for a specific 
specific reason. Each kriya has a desired outcome. So you practice the postures, the mantra, the breath work for a specific reason and a specific sequence, kind of like choreography. That's a kriya. When it comes to meridians, another name that you just think of it as energy channels. So it's just energy channels that run in the body. I see it through the lens of the five elements. So the five elements are fire, water, earth, wood, and metal. And you have just these energy channels that run in the body, kind of like how you know your blood's running through the body. Same thing as energy. So that's meridian. And what was the other one that you wanted me to define? So I read in my research in Kundalini that if chakras are blocked, oh, yes. that there are going to be issues working with your Kundalini energy. Yeah. I don't technically teach through the lens of the chakras. I know what the chakras are. I don't think we need to get so caught up and like, oh my God, my chakras are blocked. That means that like my kundalini can't rise. Your kundalini will rise. It just might not be a straight up and down. Like it might need to curve a little bit or like twist. And that's just what might happen for you. I don't think you might have to be like, oh my God, my root chakra is imbalanced. Like my kundalini is never going to rise. Like, no, it will, might be slower, might find a different pathway, but that's what's meant for you. And also our energy shifts every single day. And we're constantly getting blocked and opening it up and all these things based off of, you know, what we're experiencing every day. I don't think it's going to negatively impact your Kundalini rising or being able to rise. But when we do speak about something being blocked, the energy channels, the meridians can get blocked. And so I have found that a lot of people know they have an energy block, but they'll just do like a Reiki healing for it. And I'm a Reiki master, so I'm not putting down Reiki, but Reiki you know, surface level or other energy healings are more surface level. When you think about light leader Kundalini, which is the version that I created, we are looking at the meridian channel. And so if the energy is blocked, it's kind of like a dam in the water. It's like, no matter what you do, if you don't get rid of that dam, the water is not going to flow. Same thing with your energy that's within your body. And so the Kriyas, because you're moving the physical body and can start to open up those energy dams that might be stuck. So when I think of stuck energy, that's why I like to visualize it rather than like, oh my God, my heart chakra is imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Like Kundalini is not going to come up today. It still will. It just might find its own course. Does that make okay. sense? It does. Yeah. That actually helps a lot. Cause I was like, there's an interesting things when you Google Kundalini. So I was like, I can't totally, I wish I could erase them all. <laughs> <laughs> I need some myth busting around these things. Cause Love I don't it. want there to be fear around working with your body and working with your own energy and things like that. So thank you for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And then my last question is if there's one takeaway that you want the listener to walk away with from the conversation we had today, what would that be? I think that if anyone's sitting here that is getting an idea or getting inspired, my biggest takeaway is go start to take action on it. Like even if it's the smallest little thing and you just like write it down in a journal, capture that idea because we're in like this type of powerful conversation where it's a powerful conversation that we just had. And so you're in a heightened state. And so the ideas that are moving through you, they're coming to you for a reason. So don't think like, oh, I'll remember that tomorrow. You might not write it down, capture it, and then figure out at least like one step that you can do to bring that idea to life, whatever that might be. I love that. That's so good. That's so good because it gives them something to do. And I love giving people things to do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. How can we connect with you? Mm, I love connecting on Instagram at I am Brianna Rose. And then I also have a free Facebook group community that's loaded with Kundalini content and success and all those yummy things. And that's called Rising Light Sisterhood. So either one of those spots are great places for us to hang out and connect further. Perfect. I just joined your Facebook group. It feels yummy. It feels so good in there already. So I'll be in there too, guys, if you wanted to join. Perfect. (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much for this. I learned so much and I related so much. It's exactly everything I had hoped it would be. So thank you for your time and sharing. Thank you. Thank you. This is a great experience. I appreciate you asking me to be on and I just had so much fun. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for listening to People Begin. We hope that these episodes are helping inspire and empower you to take your next steps towards whatever you're thinking of creating. And if you want more tools, resources, and techniques for your creative process and to connect with me directly, then I'd love to invite you to our Unleash Creative Community. Just follow the link in the show notes and I'll look forward to meeting you there. Happy creating.